Welcome to the Cadence Wins Podcast, Volume 7, Issue 312, Rampage. You can play along with our next five shows, or more if you want, but the next five to keep you busy will be Resident Evil 3 Nemesis, then Marvel Puzzle Quest, a mobile puzzle game. Following that, we continue our Final Fantasy journey with the third game that was uh, originally NES Japan only, but it has been remade and is available on a number of formats in that, guys. After that, it's Soul Edge, also known as Soul Blade and the Soul Calibur series, all in one bundle. And similarly, following that, we're going to talk all about worms, all of the worms. Head to canerince.com for the full schedule up until the end of the year, as well as lots of other good stuff. And you can support our efforts via our Patreon, patreon.com slash You can get every show a week earlier than non-subscribers for a mere $1, which is around 70-odd pence, 80-odd euro cents per month. You also get an exclusive monthly minicast and possibly more little tidbits to come. But you'll hear about that if you subscribe for a dollar. We also have a PayPal button if you don't want to get involved with Patreon on canerince.com. We also have T-shirts and bags available at spreadshirt.co.uk slash canerince. There's a uh, a couple of sort of uh, unusual designs, special items that are on there now, not just the usual logos, so check those out. Uh, If you're into your canerince, you will probably understand what they refer to. We also have an Amazon Associates link. You can help us out simply by doing your shopping at evil, mega, sinister, mega global corporation, Amazon.co.uk, uh, by going through our website before you put things in your basket and paying for them, and we get a little finder's fee. We also have a podcast that comes out every Wednesday called Sound of Play. Not enough of you are listening to Sound of Play. It's really good. If you like this, you'll almost certainly like that, unless you despise all music or all video game music so do check that out it's a lot of fun we also talk about the games that the music comes from subscribe review rate both podcasts please follow us on instagram and facebook and twitter and uh, we thank you for doing all that stuff now joining me leon george cox in issue 312 are mikhail lizzie croder you would think i would have come up with some funny uh sound right now but i've got nothing so hello yeah they don't really yeah, it's, well, we'll it, get into that. It's like a scrambled scrambled uh, yeah. computer noise, right? Yeah. yeah. Probably not so much in the later games. Anyway, and also, welcome back. I think for the first time this volume, it's Dan Ralph Clark. Teen Wolf, Teen Wolf, Teen Wolf. Is that your actual middle name, Ralph? Uh, it should be, shouldn't it? Yeah. I, I might as well right. change it now, might I? I mean, it would be rude not to. Yeah. <laughs> have you got have you got a middle name, Dan? We've never found this out, I don't think. Uh, I have, yeah. Um, you will never get it in a million years. It's quite an unusual one. Um, mm. not, that we're, not that we're playing a guessing game here on the podcast, but um, Courtney, <laughs> um, you got the right letter. Um, but yeah, I'll tell you sometime. It's a it's a weird one. All right, keep it under your hat, Clive. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly it, Dan. Also, I just want to say a massive thank you to the um, Kane and Rinse Patreon subscribers for um, the kind donation of a new microphone. So um, yeah, hopefully this ah, is all yes. sounding tip top and lovely. Yeah, this should be an improvement on Dan's last, uh, most recent appearances where he sounded like he was uh, increasingly struggling against a, a rising tide of water. Uh, so, yeah, uh, thanks, Patreons. Uh, you can actually hear the difference that your donations make as well as uh, being put towards our time and efforts. It also goes into stuff like hardware microphones, so you get a better sounding show. Yeah, much appreciated. So, Rampage, uh, we timed the show to launch just ahead of the movie 
the fact that this game has a movie albeit one that where they've taken the law and twisted things slightly, is sort of interesting in itself. We'll talk a little bit about that later. Obviously, none of us have seen the film yet. It's not out at the time of recording. But what is Rampage? Well, George, Lizzie and Ralph were just ordinary Americans until an experiment went wrong, turning them into a gorilla, lizard and werewolf, respectively. Following this, the three of them plan to go around destroying buildings and up to three human players can join in. Smashing at the edges of the buildings for long enough will make them collapse. The police and military are after you and will shoot at you, so try to destroy them. Failing that, you can avoid the bullets. <laughs> Kinda. You will need to eat regularly with things like plants on offer to avoid shrinking back to being human. The players move from city to city, destroying skyscrapers and various vehicles, eating people that get in their way. Health is awarded at start-up and during the game by putting quarters in. Continuing, basically. Health is decreased by being shot by National Guardsmen, being hit by another monster, falling, being hit by cops or tanks, going underwater, being struck by lightning, or by eating something bad, like dynamite. Health is replenished by eating food found in the buildings. Once all buildings in a city have been destroyed, the monsters move on to another city. Yeah, it's as simple as that. It's a 2D game. You play giant monsters smashing up skyscrapers. It was by Bally Midway. Uh, the actual developer uh, had the name, although I don't think it's credited on this game, but they're known as Game Refuge Inc., consisting of Brian Collin and Jeff Nauman, the founders. You will probably recognize the sort of the look of the game from uh, other games of the era, such as Arch Rivals, the basketball. Uh, game. Um, I'm guessing they also had something to do with Xenophobe, or did that just use the same technology? It looks similar. Looks, art, looks, art-wise, looks very, very similar, by the way, yeah. It's got that same eccentricity to it that a lot of those um, Bally Midway games of the time had as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yes, uh, Colin did. Um, actually, it was, yes. So Colin did the art for Xenophobe, but it was with a different uh, programmer. So that, that makes sense. Uh, also, general chaos. Uh, Michael Bartlow composed the music. Uh, we recently featured a tune from him on A Sound of Play 139, as uh, chosen by my guest on that show. It was um, music from the EA computer and then console game Starflight, interestingly. Uh, he also was the man responsible for uh, translating the famous theme from Peter Gunn into the original Spy Hunter coin-op, an earlier Bally game. Uh, there's actually very little music on Rampage whatsoever, which is why we'll have opened this show with a cacophony of punching and smashing sounds because there's just like one little three-second jingle, I think, throughout <laughs> the whole game, something like that. So us three, we're all old enough. Darren was going to join us for this one. He was, uh, he, he's been unable to make it, but he's actually somebody who I think only played this game at home because he's that bit younger than the three of us. The three of us will remember the cabinet, an upright three-player cab with uh, with a nice uh, bezel with the three monsters on it, uh, a green, um, what do they call the bit where the joysticks goes? It's got a proper name, hasn't it? Mm. Joystick bit. Yeah. Joystick bit, yeah. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> arcade game collectors. I forgot what it's called temporarily. Panel, anyway. Might be, might be the panel. Anyway, it's got three joysticks, jump and punch button for each player. Um, and uh, whichever controller you took dictated which monster you would be. So it was uh, dependent on which uh, coin slot you put your money in. It was a horizontal oriented coin op rather than vertical as was just as common at least at the time uh, standard resolution came with a 19 inch wells gardener monitor which was uh, a fairly sizable screen for 1986 when the game came out 
so obviously with we're mainly talking about the arcade game we're going to talk about the forms in which the game came home but there aren't reviews as such remaining i remember some magazine reviews for the conversions at times and some written word reviews for the coin op uh, which i'll uh, allude to but uh, just in terms of how how well this coin op is considered at this point the international arcade museum personal impressions score comes out at 3.42 out of 5 and the technical impressions score comes out at 3.82 out of 5 so decent but not spectacular now our histories with the game dan do you remember first stumbling upon this in an arcade yeah it's um it's one of the first three-player games I would have played. This is pre-Golden Axe, isn't it? So um, I was trying to think of the no, lineage. No, no. Was it just about Golden the same Axe. time? Oh, yeah, okay. just, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Quartet was around this time, which obviously was four players. Yeah. Uh, that wasn't a massive hit, I don't think. Um, yeah, but the actual... Obviously, Gauntlet was four, so actually three-player was... It was, yeah, it was a strange thing, wasn't it? And also, I think it led more to um, a, a feel of co-op. I don't know, maybe it's just the sort of three people crowding around. The fact that you're all facing kind of inwards to the centre. It just had a sort of a, a feel of camaraderie to it, you know? It's, um, it's I think a, we, yeah. we we got a little bit confused and muddled there. Uh, Dan, you said pre-Golden Axe, right? Yep. And I think Le- Leon was thinking about Gauntlet when you said Golden Axe. Ah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're quite right. Sorry, yeah. my mistake. Yes, it was pre-Golden Axe. Yes. Yeah. But that was... Oh, which, yeah. which was only yes. two-player anyway. So which was only two-player anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what an awful tangent. I apologise for Sorry, right, we've, uh, we've gone down... Yes, we've got middle-aged men going down memory lane. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, so I, I played it in the arcades with friends and with, with randoms. It's the kind of game that you could just sort of go in and, and join in and there wasn't the... Uh, I don't know any... It wasn't like a social faux pas to go and, uh, and join no, in with right. someone's game of it. Um mm. But then I went on Unless to the. You started punching them. Yeah, if you transferred over the, to real life, I suppose that's not the best plan. Um, but yeah, I played the um, Spectrum conversion when that came to the home, which was yeah. they they managed to get those out of the doors fairly quickly, really for mm-hmm. um, in the scheme of things. But then I must have really liked the game because a year and a half later, I got it on the Master System as well, and the Spectrum uh-huh. version wasn't a bad version. But um, it was obviously yeah. we're going to get to it later. But it's obviously a clear upgrade on on what I was used to. Yes, yes, we will talk uh, specific versions that we've played because it was, uh, as is, as was standard at the time, it was licensed and ported, in this case by Activision. Mikhail, do you remember your first encounter with The Rampage? Yeah, how can you not, really? Uh, yeah. I've seen the cabinet around a couple of times in the amusement uh, halls in, let's say, theme parks and the likes, you know? Uh, I think that that's where... Uh, where I encountered the, these uh, the dedicated cabinets, and I can't remember if I actually really played it on an original uh, arcade cabinet in the time, uh, but it was very difficult not to be impressed uh, by at least looking at the track motors, watching other people play it. Um, and the cabinet itself is, of course, is uh, as was typical at the time, incredibly colorful and displays all the artwork and uh, the mise en scène or the setting uh, <laughs> yeah. of the uh, of the of the game. Uh, and you know you're on Kane and Rince when you're talking about the mise en scène of Rampage. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, I mean. You're a kid in the 80s. What's not to love or enjoy about giant monsters smashing up buildings and just the the novelty of 
uh, a game where you this this was the first game I could remember where you're at least presented as the villain or bill yeah mm. so where you are the one doing the destroying and you know the the heroes the army and the police are trying to stop you yeah yeah I think that's what struck me about it I remember seeing it on Brighton's Palace Pier back in yeah it would have been very new I think at the time it would have been 1986 I'm sure uh, as I've as I've mentioned many times, I was lucky enough to grow on a grow up in a seaside town that had a huge number of arcades, and so almost everything came to at least one of the arcades. Rampage, I don't remember being in multiple arcades for too long. I'm sure it was around, but I I specifically remember this one machine on the pier, um, which I also saw being removed some years later. But I'll, I'll talk about that in in my summary, if not before. Um, and yeah, it was unusual in that, yes, it felt more like a co-op camaraderie game where you were the bad guys against, yeah, this uh, little um, onslaught of minuscule good guys. So there was this whole kind of power trip fantasy. I wasn't massively into the ga- the movies that this alluded to. I mean, you know, I was a kid, so I thought, you know, King Kong and Mighty Joe Young were cool and whatever. I don't think I'd ever seen a Godzilla movie at this point. Obviously, this is 10 years even before the the uh, mid-90s US uh, Godzilla reboot. So if you hadn't seen, I mean, I'd seen the, we had the Hanna-Barbera cartoon, of course, with Godzilla. Um, but in that, Godzilla was the hero kind of thing. Um, and I, I realised he was in, in some of the films as well. Um so yeah, I didn't have too much frame of reference other than this was an unusual game. It was much slower paced in some ways than a lot of arcade games, which I quite appreciated because I found a lot of games very intense and full on and it felt like I got a reasonable amount of time for my coin, even though, you know, you could you could see your health get chipped away quite quickly. Um, and we'll talk about the balance of the gameplay, but I felt like if I put in 10 or 20p, I would get a reasonably long go. And as long as I got to smash like one or two cities worth of skyscrapers, I felt like I'd had my fun. And yeah, and then, you know, you could move on. And I do remember playing it in two player. I don't remember. I may have played it three player once or twice, but normally it was with a friend that I used to go to the arcades with. We would we would uh, play it two player and he was always notorious. He's a US cop now, weirdly, um, even though he grew up in, in Brighton with me uh, in somewhere in middle America there. And uh, he was freakishly strong as a kid. Um, and when he was dodging things, you could actually feel the cabinet tilting and listing like he dragged the whole thing around by mm. the joystick. Uh, so that's a that's a real strong memory I have that, have of that. That's what the movie um, should be about. It's yeah, <laughs> a dude who goes over to the states and becomes a cop, and then like oh, they've ruined it. <laughs> well, we'll see. Maybe that is what it is. <laughs> uh, I, I haven't read the full synopsis yet. I've only seen the trailers. Um, so yeah, we, we mentioned the setting, the scenario there. Uh, Dan, you mentioned something before we started recording. Like I couldn't think of any obvious spiritual predecessors to rampage i suppose one that springs to mind is crazy climber in that you climb on buildings but beyond that you you had one that you thought might might have been possibly an influence yeah it's um it's quite a sort of deep dig i suppose but um there was a game called uh well, it was originally called air attack on the commodore pet it's one of the mm. really early micro games green screeny sort of yeah yeah um but then it came to vic 20 as blitz and then there were clones on uh, on pretty much every 8 bit yeah. machine of the time um my my uh, recollection of the game is with the infamous uh, cascade cassette 50 it was one of those oh, yeah. 50 games for the zx spectrum 10 pounds <laughs> yeah wow. great I, value that was. I, I recall this game actually now that you speak about it uh, 
it has um the 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 pet uh and at least the early vic 20 or the vic 20 version as uh, the graphics are almost monochrome right like black and white yeah i think most of the yeah most of the versions are very very simple it was yeah the kind of thing that would also come in magazines as a type in listing it's um yeah one of the right. most basic game types that there was and there were just clones of it everywhere um i remember it from mm. school on the bbc micro as well but if you look at a screenshot of one of the versions with say a, a black background and uh, white skyscrapers with a, a helicopter or plane flying overhead it seems like the only visual thing pre-rampage that to me looks like rampage so i've kind of purely contention but i've wondered if someone has looked at that game and thought what if there were giant monsters climbing up the buildings and the plane wasn't your character you were against the plane bombing the cities um yeah that that makes sense and again it's it's pure contention but it's an interesting one for people to look at if they want yeah uh yeah and obviously um these guys growing up uh, obviously, I guess they were in their twenties or something when they when they were coding this game, and they would have grown up when films like yeah the the, the monster movies would have been kind of regularly shown on on TV, and obviously that would have been an influence as well. Um, there 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 are conflicting versions of the of the actual s- sort of story behind the mutation of the monsters. Uh, there's the one I read earlier where you know it's an it's an experiment gone wrong, but actually in the game it refers to specific uh, each each one having had a specific experience. So um, George uh, was mutated after swallowing mega vitamins. Lizzie was mutated after bathing in a radioactive lake. And Ralph was mutated after eating uh, a dodgy sausage, basically. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I prefer that version than, than they were being experimented on. Not sure which one the movie's going with. Uh, none of those. The later no. games introduced this whole scum labs uh, kind of... Uh... Kind of yeah, thing. fizzy pop and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, according to one source, and I can't verify this, but uh, in 2012, Walt Disney renamed, uh, sorry, named their film character Wreck It Ralph after Ralph the Werewolf, since as the bad guy in that game uh, featured in that movie, Fix It Felix Jr., his job was to smash an apartment building so the hero Felix could repair the damage. Um, I would imagine that most people who listen to this podcast have seen Wreck It Ralph. If you haven't, do see Wreck It Ralph? Yeah, uh, it's, love it. It's it's great, and uh, and it's a real yeah, it's a real uh, loving homage to the arcades of the eighties in many ways, uh, and it's funny. I think it's pretty funny and cute too. Uh, so yeah, we talked about the sort of the overall look of the game, but I think one of the most striking things that remains striking to this day, and I think what the sequels that we're also going to sort of hoover up and, and talk about in passing. Um, I think what they lost is the charm of the original graphics. Um, they were so detailed and so full of character and so full of life. The the, the main the main uh, monster sprites were so much larger than many games um, player avatars at the yeah. time. That it allowed them to, and there were so many frames of animation, so many sort of different things you could do as well. Now, now that you mention this, um, it also reminds me a bit of the uh, arcade version of uh, Punch Out and uh, Super Punch Out. They also had right, these yeah. huge, huge mm. sprite, uh, sprites and a lot of animation and characters to them. And a yeah. feel of a, a slightly higher resolution than kind of what you're used to. I think it, maybe yes. with, with so many games being around that time, it's easy to forget that it was kind of a, a, for my eyes at the time, a graphical upgrade on most things that I'd seen at that point. It was yeah. Yeah. was a step up of sorts. It's like HD. Yeah. 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 
that Midway Tech was high res. It looked, it had a, it, it had like a high res shimmer to it. It was like, yeah, it, it looked very, it looked like there were just more pixels than the other, the coin ops being made by their rivals at the time. Um, yeah. And the you mentioned Arch Rifles. Um, I'm not sure if this is the same team, but uh, Tapper or Root Beer Tapper also has like a very simple version yes. of this uh, graphic yeah. style. It's like the comic booky, uh, the funny pages uh, type of cartoony look. Uh, That's right. Yeah, and 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 uh, all those games are sort of typified visually. I feel by using uh, a lot of black outlines. Yes, um, and then, yeah, it wasn't the same artist actually, but it was uh, it was the same tech pretty much, or, yeah. the, or the tech that led to this tech and the same company like three years earlier. So. Yeah, and um, it's a stark contrast indeed when you compare it to most other uh, the visuals of most other arcade games at the time, which uh, especially if you look at the Japanese game uh, that came out uh, yeah. in '85 and post '85, they all went for a sort of a uh, a, yeah, spherical is maybe not the right, right word, but a, a lot more of a natural type of shading uh, to make objects uh, pop off the screen as as if they were tangible. Uh, whereas, uh, yeah, these these Bali Midway ga- uh, games of uh, in this mold appeared more like flat comic books come to life. Yeah. And what amazed me, and still does to a point, is the amount, as I say, the amount of different interactions and anim- animations there are mm. between the monsters and the world, as well as your basic manoeuvres, which yeah. is what the game's all about. It's all the it's all the incidental stuff, like when you go in the water and your hand appears, yeah. and the little faces they make when they when they're about to fall off, yeah. uh, when they you know when you don't jump away, and all this stuff. They they really imbued it with with these monsters with a lot of personality. Mm. Yeah, that that uh, look, especially that goofy look on her face when they drop down a building, is something that I'll never be able to forget. Yeah, put their hands over their eyes yeah. and that kind of thing. <laughs> so, did you guys have a favorite? Did you like? Did you always veer towards one of the particularly one of the monsters? They did they have slightly different um, attributes, movement speeds. Yeah, I think they did. Did they? I don't. I, think I don't think so. I think it's just. No? Yeah, no, I, I think, think they're the same. It might just be. Um, uh, yeah, I thought Lizzie matter. had like a weaker punch, but was faster or something like that. But no, maybe. maybe that. I don't think so. I think they all they all okay. have exactly the same sprites, almost exactly the same sprite size as well. Yeah. Um, now you say it, it though, with Lizzie taking slightly longer to take down a building, you're standing out from maybe the Master System version. I don't know if maybe mm. it's something that translated to home ports, but not arcade version. Could be that's the, those were elements introduced in, uh, in certain home ports. Yeah, I don't think there's anything that sort of suggests that on the coin op. I'm just sort of inventing it <laughs> or, or yeah. retrofitting. It I, I don't think so. At least it's very. Uh, if there is any difference, it's very minimal and hardly noticeable. Um, my my favorite was uh, the character you addressed me with, you know, Green Lizards, so Lizzie, yeah. for example. Yeah, Good. definitely. Well, fitting. Yeah, I went for George, but um, hey, we there can only be one George on the podcast, so I'm happy to go with Ralph for, yeah, <laughs> for the purposes of the introduction. Yeah. Especially, yeah. I've, I've got a big old beard, so it looks like Wolfman. So, yeah, 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 yeah. I think I was mainly a George guy, but I did used to like like to mix it up from time to time. Um. Yeah, for, for apparently what what difference uh, what difference it made, um, and yeah, there were also as well as the main sprites, there were the, probably made up of multiple sprites. I would assume the playable characters. 
there were all these little people running about, um, humans, uh, civilians in panic and soldiers popping out of windows and guys in helicopters. And uh, and then you would also have incidental stuff like the train that you could punch around and the taxis just driving past. I thought I still feel like they did a really good job at making it feel more than just like a screen of stuff to be smashed, although they were clearly distinct screens you know you were going from ostensibly in in the plot you were going from city to city and it they they did they did some as well as sort of mixing up the buildings a little bit in terms of what types of buildings you'd have in different places they also did a bit more at filling out this world to make it feel a bit more like it was a an actual lived in place and all the the little the little humans running around again even though these were really diddy tiny sprites because of the resolution they they actually they had a certain amount of personality. Yeah, snatching people from bathtubs. There's a lot of nudity in this game. We'll, <laughs> yeah. we'll talk about that. Yeah, it's quite a cheeky game, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it didn't go as far as uh, as Primal Rage with uh, with urinating and and all this kind of stuff, but um, I don't think it's got a bit of that '80s wacky anarchic kind of. Yeah, yeah. World Tour Tour went a little bit that way. Yeah, so we'll talk about that later as well. Yeah. And I think along with those massive high-res graphics, the other thing that really stood out at the time was the sound. Now, it actually makes sense. I, I've learned in researching this podcast, it was one-channel sound. And you can actually hear it if you listen to the game now. There is only ever one sound playing at a time. <laughs> one, one sound cuts out another sound. Um, but the sound that is there, the, the crashing, the the crunching, the smashing was really, it was amplified. It was, this was often a game that was turned up loud and it really, it was one of those that really made its presence felt in, in any arcade as long as, you know, the, the arcade operator had the sound turned up to a certain degree. And when you, you know, often the attract mode would be on silent, but then you'd start playing and it felt really like uh, you were getting this enormously satisfying audio feedback Um I still love the feel of smashing a helicopter out the sky. It's got a particularly nice, crisp, sort of punching explosion it? to it. Yeah. Uh, do, you, do you have memories of the audio? Because I think for me, it's kind of it's iconic as the look of it in some ways. I think it's amazing that with just that one channel, they managed to make it feel like there is so much going on. It's uh, yeah. That's um. It's quite shocking, isn't it? I, it's. I remember the. Um, it's almost. I don't know if obnoxious is the right word, but I can't quite yeah. think what it is. But yeah, it's um, brash it is, is probably the best way to put it. It's yeah. a, a brash sounding game. Yeah, yes. and, and that kind of fits any almost any arcade game. <laughs> but I, I think this one did have a distinctive sound, again, because of its rather unusual subject matter. Uh, obviously, other games, whether it be platformers, collecting stuff, fighting games. Uh, well, I guess we were we were mainly in the era of um, horizontal brawlers at this point. Mm. Um, you know, had more flesh on flesh punching, and then you had, of course, loads of shoot 'em ups with you know zappy yeah. laser noises and music. This had no music at, at all, so so the the sound was other than that little jingle that plays every so often, or, or when you put your money in. I can't even remember. Yeah. It's just it's just this sort of constant. Uh, sound of sort of chattering machine gun fire and punch smash punch smash rumble 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 crash it's yeah. <laughs> uh it's it's quite unlike anything else yeah the time. and the sirens as well um oh yeah. yeah yeah so the the funny thing is now that i'm uh now that you guys are speaking about this um i'm picturing it in my mind uh mm. another game roughly of the time that you would probably find uh in a larger 
uh, games into some amusement halls, arcade halls, uh, was uh, Capcom's uh, Commando, which um, right, yeah. is, uh, pardon me, the, uh, the um, pretentious <laughs> tone of this, but it's a game about war. Um, yes, yes. But if you think back to Rampage, the way it sounds with all the gunfire and the sirens mm. and the smashing, the crashing, Rampage actually sounds more like War than Commando does. <laughs> yeah, probably true. Yeah. yeah. Interesting comment from our Ryan in the uh, in our Slack chat uh, said uh, he's a bit younger than us again. So he says I used to like Rampage World Tour growing up a, a lot growing up. My mum didn't care for the game though. She called it a terrorist simulator. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea why that one was singled out since there was rarely ever an issue otherwise. Uh, yeah, I mean that's that's crazy. I mean it's just a cartoon game based around big monster movies. It's, uh, it's I not... know I know Ryan is young, but he he that must have been before uh, September 11th, right? 2001. What yeah, what year was what well Rampage World Tour was mid 90s. Yeah, so mid-90s. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean obviously I understand that a lot of people particularly in America would have been more sensitive just to the image of skyscrapers uh being demolished after yeah. September 2001 but uh but actually you know it's um it's such a yeah it's like it's not planes flying into a building it's silly cartoon monsters punching <laughs> buildings which yeah. is quite i'd say you know fundamentally quite a different setup um there could have easily been video games where you flew into skyscrapers and in fact there have been many not it's not been the sole aim of many games as far as i can think of and it certainly never will be now but um but yeah that's a I, i'd gotta say i mean that's a that's a strange response as i said grown-ups are weird mm. um <laughs> <laughs> knowing the uh, one channel sound thing uh, i'd love to see the priority tables for that there must have yeah. been some arguments behind which sounds are the most important to sort of force through at any given point like the uh, the noise of the buildings coming down yeah. always seems to happen when the building comes down so that must be quite high up in the priorities but i'd love mm. to see how it all pans out yeah especially because there, yeah there do seem to be lots of different things going on i think it might even be more complicated than that in the sense that um if a certain sound hasn't played for a certain period of time but something's still happening so like a you know a guy's firing um to stop that being silent the whole time yeah. to let the player know i think i think sometimes that overrides one of the important sounds kind of thing so yeah i think you're right i think it would be a there, there's a complex formula going on it might have been easier just to put a better sound chip in <laughs> <laughs> i'm not sure so yeah the controls were uh, one joystick lever um, an eight-way joystick lever uh, although actually the diagonals are pretty much redundant i think in this game it's left uh, right no, up and down, for punching it? if you're punching down the build or maybe you don't really need to but i always use that diagonal for when you're punching down the building trying to do a quick i think it's just straight i think straight down does it oh, okay. so yeah but i think you can hold the joystick that way uh but i think it's only the cardinal compass points um Obviously, yeah, so basically it's your joystick is walk left and right, climb up and down. Uh, you have a jump button, which is separate. And actually there is some there is somewhat more to do with the jump button than you might initially think, because as well as jumping from rooftop to roof, rooftop, you can do. They have quite a limited jump range. They're not none of them hugely athletic. Well, they're all as equally as unathletic, I should say. Um, but you also learn after a while that you need to jump 
off a building once the cracks all start to shoot up and it's about to collapse otherwise you'll take some damage and you can also jump from one skyscraper to another as long as you push up uh, or down I think maybe maybe it's only up I hmm, think either works at least on the master yeah. system I think either works yeah uh, so you can yeah leap from one to another and that's when your actual actual sort of higher level play kicks in as much as rampage has in it and then yeah you have one attack button which uh, which is basically punching I think it is just four directions, but if you're facing right, you punch down and to the right. And if you're facing left, you punch down and to the left. Um, because, yeah, uh, so going down the side of a building, I think if I if I have that sort of muscle memory thing where I'm thinking about playing a game but not actually playing it, if I have one feeling of Rampage, it's that. It's holding down on the lever on the joystick while simultaneously mashing the punch button to go down the side of a building and then moving across the other side and then doing the same thing mm. i think the diagonal might come into play where um where you are on the okay. ground level um if you wanted to move and punch downwards at the same time ah right because yes. if you just press Good down call. you're not going to move forwards and if you just and pressed... similarly yeah punching up in the air yeah uh, and walking yes good good point so there is a reason for it not to just be a four-way joystick yeah Good call yeah it's, it's interesting i often find it interesting actually trying to think you know how when you've been playing the game on and off for 32 years it's quite you, you kind of lose how to you know the, the actual to describe how how you actually interact with it because it's become so ingrained um i've played this game on umpteen formats over yeah over three decades as have we all so yeah um but yes the actual the, again along combined with the sound i think the actual feel of uh smashing and the animation the feel of smashing uh, holes out of skyscrapers was uh, was yeah satisfying and quite moorish at least for a while i mean it's not anything i'd play for hours and hours especially as it loops round and round but yes but for that I think, for that fix yeah. like you say that couple of levels fix is um, a joyous thing i think well yeah let's get into that because i remember uh, reading reviews of this cabinet back in the day when magazines computer games magazines used to you know have a day at the arcades or whatever and they would come or a trade show and they would come back with some with some coin-op reviews and i remember this very early on being criticized for its lack of variety and its novelty factor and then when the home conversions came out there was a lot of well these are actually perfectly serviceable ports of a game that doesn't really work outside of an arcade (laughs) now i think we're going to hear some people who contest that somewhat in our feedback and maybe some of the versions the conversions and the sequels go some way to addressing this fundamental lack of variety but i know Mikhail, you feel this quite keenly about rampage still i mean going back having gone back to uh the arcade version of rampage uh every now and then over the over the years it's really the definition of a quarter muncher Attacks come in very frequently and from all angles and because of your large hitbox and your large character size, uh, you can possibly avoid avoid them uh, at all. No, exactly. Uh, yeah. The health gets refilled by picking up food, but there's not enough health uh, or there's not, not enough, uh, there are not enough health items to really yeah. make that a workable strategy to actually survive uh, indefinitely. Yeah. Um, so you can... Pick up, pick up threat, uh, threats fa- uh, faster to uh, try to um, prevent uh, 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 attacks from overwhelming you uh, in in numbers. 
you can go for the food items if you know where they are and avoid taking uh, more damaging items if you play it at, uh, at least a little bit cautiously and uh, with with some strategy but still it only um postpones the inevitable uh, yeah. a, li- a little bit further that health meter will go down and you will turn to your uh, nudie uh, human <laughs> avatar and yeah. that's it you have to throw in another coin now you know in the west we talk about uh, arcade games or a lot of people t- talk about arcade games uh, as quarter munchers as a catch-all uh, especially nowadays where people mm-hmm. just say like oh yeah that was just the first uh, the first um, instance of microtransactions, you know, uh, yeah. especially now with the, our current day debates about loot boxes and microtransactions, uh, mm. it's it's something you hear mention uh, hear mention more often, um, and I think games like Rampage are actually to blame for that perception because in over in Japan, they speak about arcade games with a lot more reverence, and this this I, I mean, please. Tell me if I'm going on too far a side tangent, but I think in usually in arca- uh, Japanese arcade game design philosophy, uh, much more of a balance is being struck because yeah. it, Rampage is a game made for arcade operators, not necessarily for players. It's huge. Yes. It's attractive. It's a, it's a spectacle cap. People want to uh, uh, will want to interact with it, and they will input a lot of coins before they'll tire of it and they will tire of this game i mean most people will tire of this game it doesn't have the legs of a donkey kong or a pac-man that's still being played for score and uh, still has world records being broken um so usually i think uh arcade games in japan they are made for both arcade operators and for the players because they have to keep uh being uh they have or they had been at least till uh, you know till now even that scene is kind of dying and uh, on its on its last legs um because people will uh, drop a game as they have done with rampage if it's just clearly not not being balanced enough yeah. uh for it to still be tough but challenging and um and where it's possible to actually uh yeah Keep keep playing it on uh, on a single credit for a, a very long period of time, or even clear it on a single credit. Uh, yeah, of course, this is a game that can be can be cleared, but it's also not a game that uh, where you can reach a, a kill screen or anything. So mm. I think, and I I mean, I think this might even be uh, the starting point of the the Bally Midway games and the the Western arcade games that became uh, very centered around uh, actual quarter feeding um mm. you know, like narc narc is also very uh very very guilty of this and uh and, and arch rivals in running through to nba jam as well where you could um sort of yeah. pump yourself up with quarters yeah exactly mm. so i think i mean it's <laughs> this is going to sound very damning and in a, in a way it is but i think it's the uh, rampage is actually it's has it, there's a little bit something sinister in there i think it it, play, it, it, it plays into uh, one of the reasons why uh, arcade died arcades died much faster uh, in the west than uh, because than in uh, 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 japan or, or asia because they a game like rampage was 
made for short-term uh, gains and not to foster a longer-lasting scene or culture around mm. arcade games. You make some fair points, and I agree with some of them. Uh, I mean, we were still 20 years away from the arcades dying at this point in the West, really. Mm. Uh Digital yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying that this is where it all went. No, <laughs> with sure, that, but I sure. think this I this is one of the earliest opportunities where you see a game that's actually really cynically designed around uh, quarter feeding. I actually think I agree in the sense that yeah, there's there's not much to Rampage, and we've already said it was the kind of game that you'd put in ten or twenty p, or how much you know you felt like, and then you would either run out of money or get bored. It wasn't a sort of high score chasing game there's no real mechanics in it for that i mean it has got a score people mm. there are there are records out there basically the longer you survive um the you know the more score you'll have yeah there's probably there's probably ways of maximizing it to an extent and maximizing maximizing your game time but yeah it is almost impossible to avoid taking damage mm. um i've yeah i've uh, I don't know. Maybe there are people out there who can just, you know, do this game, but it feels like your health will be dripping away yeah. most of the time. Um, but I think what I think my take on this is that as, playing this as a as a fourteen year old kid when it first came out, I didn't like. I understood that there were some games that were better designed games than others, as in you know that had more depth and more uh, long term playability or, or reasons to return to or skill factor or whatever but I still felt like I was having an enormous amount of fun with this and getting my 10 or 20 p's worth of entertainment out of it so it didn't really matter and the fact that this game is still kind of known today and we're, we're going to talk about the legacy and the fact that there's a movie coming out suggests that there must be something more to it than just mm. just a really you know a dull simple game there's there's, well, there's, it's, it's, it's got charisma. It, it certainly has charisma and is uh, is iconic. Um, and I think it also might have to do something with the fact that I can't recall actually throwing coins in the machine. Uh, my my uh, hmm. more time of uh, my early days playing Rampage was um, spent on the C sixty four port. Um, yeah, which of course is not nearly as. Uh, um, good looking impressive or good looking no. and I think we me and the friend at whose house I was playing um, uh, the C64 port we very quickly uh, ra ran out of interest in, uh, in Rampage yeah. and we moved on to something like Ghosts and Goblins instead yeah sure what's an interesting uh, counterpoint to your um you're talking about the the health and uh, the the constant draining of the health. Mm. It's as you were talking about it. It reminded me of a Japanese game of a similar time, funny enough, um, Wonder Boy, where yeah. there's never enough fruit or food to actually be able to sustain um, the life bar. Oh, really? Full stop. <laughs> yeah, and it constantly uh, ticks down with time. So um, yeah, I just found it interesting that it's one thing that seemed to happen in uh, Japanese arcade gaming kind of the once around the same time and then that idea seems to drop off it only seems to have been used very rarely i've played wonder boy uh back in the days both that and the master system port and i think you can actually if you're skilled enough and you play the game fast enough and you pick up all the food items and you don't get hit it is actually possible not to die in that game oh yeah yeah uh, fair point. but the but your life is constantly ticking away is yeah, kind of more what i meant that definitely. it will drop if even if you just stood there you would lose within like 30 yeah. seconds because right. the health yeah and tying into what i uh was saying uh also before um 
it's also something that happened with uh, dip, dip switch settings or even modifications to Japanese yes. arcade games like yeah. uh, Metamorphic Force that Konami beat him up for example had a constantly draining health bar in only the western version so yeah. you, that that's the same thing you had to throw in a coin to continue at one point yeah yeah I'm not actually sure what if I don't think uh, this Rampage based on the emulated versions I've played I'm not sure it had a huge amount in the way of dip switches because uh, which probably attests to the fact that there's not that much game in there in the sense that yeah um it, yeah I can't remember exactly what there were but I but I I feel like there aren't a huge number of things you can actually tweak um to to sort of yeah to uh, customize your your experience um which is yeah sort of interesting in itself um there are there are some secrets and stuff which play into that interaction with the world and the and the getting involved with the cutesy cartoony graphics things that I don't think I'd ever really picked up on and not all of this I don't think made it into all the home versions and stuff but like so you can hurt yourself if you punch if you punch through a building and you keep punching and you keep punching in the same place you can smash uh, say an electrical item and mm. you'll take take some extra damage so careful punching is a mechanic as in don't just keep hammering the button mm. regardless with the particular case of the toaster if you punch a window away and you reveal a toaster inside if you actually wait a piece of toast will pop up and then you grab the toast rather than punching the toaster so you actually can gain health instead of taking damage so mm. there are little yeah, there are little, little touches sort of little touches odds of uh, odd mechanics in there um it actually there's a gameplay uh, tool tip such as it is between levels which says want to eat well punch slower and um I, for years i didn't really understand what that meant um there's also of course if you're playing in co-op the interesting wrinkle that as you're when you transform back you run out of health you transform back to a human and shuffle shimmy sideways off the screen covering your pixel modesty um, <laughs> if you if you're playing in co-op you can actually eat your friends for a, yeah. for a, for a health boost which is um I th- yeah it's pretty it seems it's fairly unique i would think hmm. But yes, uh, there are 768 days of destruction and some of them are alike. Uh, It's set over the course of 128 days, so a third of a year or thereabouts, uh, cities in North America in this first game. You start in Peoria, uh, Illinois and end in Plano, Illinois. Uh, In Plano... Is it Plano or Plano? I'm not sure. Apologies, American listeners. Plano. uh, Players receive a mega vitamin bonus, which heals all the monsters and provides a large point bonus. After this, the cycle of cities repeats five times. (laughs) After Mm -hmm. 768 days, the game resets back to day one. I've never played it for even the 128, let alone the 768, even with infinite credits on the many compilations that's been released like as much as i i'm gonna say nice things about rampage because it makes me smile and i enjoy the fundamental uh moment to moment it doesn't last that long it doesn't last 128 screens it does it certainly doesn't last 768 screens um did, did they even want people to play it for 768 days i have no idea Another thing that I never knew until researching this podcast that there's uh, a little sort of Easter egg regarding each of the monsters has a uh, one of the the civilians that you can see either running about or they'll drop out of a building. Each one, each monster has a different person that they can hold on to, 
rather than eating straight away. So George holds the woman in the red dress, a red dress, alluding back to uh, the sort of Fay Ray figure. Lizzie holds on to the middle-aged man, and Ralph holds a businessman. Uh, holding them increases your score. To do this, go up to the appropriate person with the appropriate monster and do as if you were to eat them. You will hold them in your hand until you hit punch again. Fair warning, holding too long will cause the person to punch you and you will lose control until the monster lets go of the person. See, I never knew that. Me neither. I learned it on the Master System version then took it back into the arcades. But um, yeah, I didn't know it back nice. in the arcade days. And another thing I saw in a little one, there's a little YouTube video, like a, a, a quick like two or three minute history of the game kind of thing. If you punch uh, the, I, I must have seen this back in the day, but if, yeah, if you do um, see a, a reveal a man in a bath shower combo, they can actually squirt you off the side of the building with, with the, um, with the yeah. shower head. Yeah, kind of that's thing. true. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it was converted to a number of systems. Uh, some of the home versions start in San Jose and end in L.A. Uh, after going all around North America, uh, the Rampage travels through two Canadian provinces and 43 states of the USA. Only Connecticut, Delaware, Mississippi, New Hampshire, Rhode Island, South Carolina and Vermont are spared. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, unlike the original game, most of the home ports, such as the NES, Sega and Lynx, actually end rather than repeating levels endlessly. Uh, so the Master System version, we've already heard a little about it. Alex79UK on the forum says, come on, guys, the Sega Master System version is surely the definitive and the only one I've played. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we've got some more comments about this. But, Dan, you played Master System Rampage. So it sounds like it was a pretty sterling port. I guess it was uh, a few years later, like... 1990 or uh, 89 89 yeah yeah um okay. yeah i think it was the summer of 89 um yeah lower res i presume um but... yeah but higher res than yes uh what what i was used to on this well maybe not higher yes. res than the spectrum funnily enough because spectrum dealt with things quite yeah, nicely yeah. like that but um but as, a, color, as an overall definition. look yeah it looked yeah to my mind it, as a kid it was one of those not arcade perfect but you know where your mind thinks, well, this is close enough to be able to sort of like blur yeah. the edges and make you think it's you're playing yeah. something approximating the arcade game. That's what I yeah. felt felt about uh, Master System games a lot in general that they, they look yeah. pretty close to the uh, to their arcade counterparts. If you squint a little bit, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Talking about the resolution of the original coin op, uh, it was actually five hundred and twelve by four eighty, which really was pretty high wow. res for nineteen eighty six. If you think that. That's I think that's higher than the PS1, higher than the N64, wow. yeah. possibly. Uh, same as the Wii? <laughs> no, <laughs> probably not. I don't know, but uh, it had a 480p mode anyway. But yeah, consider, compared to what you would have seen on a yeah on a home computer screen at that time, uh, that would have been yeah yeah it would have been eye bleeding stuff like yeah looking at 4K now uh, suits. From the forum says, I must be honest, the version that instantly springs to mind when discussing Rampage is the Master System version. It's also the only version that I played too. Glad I'm not alone in that. Simon Sloth 
says, I remember this game well from my childhood. One of my best friends at the time had this on his master system, but it was the only game he wouldn't let me play. I was fully aware that it was multiplayer, but for some bizarre reason, he forced me to watch him for hours on end and described it tantalisingly as the best game ever. Apparently, it was incredibly intricate and complex, and there were these hidden 3D levels that would blow my mind. I didn't get to play until much later as part of a retro bundle. Then I realised that none of these things were true, and I actually wasn't missing that much. It reminded me a lot of arcade cabinets I walked by as a nipper on family holidays, longing to know what they offered, only to find out later in life they were mostly disappointments. Playing it recently for the show, I can only recommend it as a piece of history to fondly reminisce over, but it only held my attention for a few button-mashing minutes. Perhaps I'm just a little sore about not getting a turn when I was eight. I wonder if um, some fantasy star has sneaked into that story somewhere. Because the Master master System (laughs) Fantasy Star released around roughly the same time as Rampage. And uh, when I saw about, he's saying about the hidden 3D levels and Mm. intricate and complex, I wonder if his school friend had maybe kind of mashed these two ideas together in his mind. (laughs) So did the Master System version have all three monsters? Yeah, it had all three monsters uh, and a two-player mode. Two-player mode. Okay, cool. Yeah, Joshi Hatsumitsu says my main memories of rampage were from my childhood so there may be some inaccuracies in recollection it was the sega master system version and at the time was one of the few games i could complete going purely on recollection i remember playing through the game with each character i remember making my character bounce out of the screen only to reappear on the other side that's a mechanic we didn't mention there yes it's got wraparound still bouncing along i remember always aiming to eat as many of the people as i could and punching helicopters and i remember at the time liking it they're not there's not really that much else to say about it. It's basically an arcade game where you chase high scores or experiment to test the boundaries of the game, which in Rampage's case didn't take long. As a kid, where replicating the arcade experience in the home was something to strive for in console ports, it felt appropriate for the time and certainly met expectations. But as time goes by, expectations inevitably shift, and while I'm sure I'd get some nostalgic joy out of revisiting the game, I don't think I'd find, I don't think I'd find it as satisfying as I once did. That being said, if I ever came across a Rampage arcade PCB for a decent price, I'd probably pick it up. It feels more at home in a cabinet, knocking down buildings with your friends right next to you. I think that's the way to play it, to get the most out of it. Yeah, Doshi Hatsumitsu is uh, our probably our, our keenest resident uh, arcade cabinet collector on the forum, and uh, he's always building cabs and um, making me green with envy. He had some really obscure uh, Data East um, coin-op on his Instagram the other day. So yeah, check check Joshy out. Speaking of Data East, they handled the NES port for the NES. Yes, for the Nintendo Entertainment System, which originally didn't include poor old Ralph. Cartridge memory did not allow them to have all three monsters. I wonder how Ralph was... How, how they decided, was it arcade metrics that Ralph was the least played character? Possibly, or maybe they wanted a male and female choice yeah. and uh, George being the kind of poster boy for the game had that's to make it That's a very good point. That's a very good point. Next up, the Atari Lynx. Uh, so, Dan, you've often talked before about your Lynx gaming on this podcast with Joust and Robotron, things like that. Yeah. So you, you had the bonus of Larry, the giant rat. <laughs> well, yeah, I've only played this in the playground when uh, we used to take our uh, Lynxes into school and sort of yeah. play each other's cartridges. So I've only played in it massive rucksack. really briefly. Um, and But it was a fast, fast, nice version. I mean, the mm. Lynx was pretty good at those arcade ports at the time. It, um, it's no standout, but it does what it does, and it does it well. And like, yeah, and as you say, it's got Larry the Giant Rat. So, 
<laughs> but in the same way as uh, as we all, you know, currently the the sort of the the, the meme or almost the, the cliche is everyone says, is it on Switch? Why aren't you releasing it on Switch? Put it on Switch because as much as anything is is about the convenience and and the idea that you've got these amazing games in in this very nice portable format. Well, the the links is no, you know, it would be a stretch to say it was the the Switch of its day, but it was at the time the most powerful and colourful uh, handheld console on the market. So the idea of having like a functioning arcade game in your backpack that you could play whenever until the batteries ran out for 45 minutes or whatever was it was exciting back in the mid 80s late 80s yeah. what was more exciting was the similarly named but obviously unrelated uh rampart on um, yes the, the links version of that um would always take my mind rather than rampage i'm afraid just because of the the depth and the puzzly tetrisy nature made yeah. me feel like i had some part of the game boy going there yeah, yeah, very yeah. cool game. I remember playing Slime World and uh, Xenophobe on the on the links. Uh, yeah. yeah, both very yeah. good. A series of ports. Yeah. Um, so yes, as we said, Activision, uh, the, the this particular incarnation of Activision, which was a, an earlier one, uh, not necessarily exactly the same company that it is now, but uh, has the same lineage. Obviously, uh, they handled the home computer ports. They paid for the license. Obviously, Rampage had been something of a hit. Uh, Interestingly, the Amstrad CPC version features uh, in-game music ripped from the basement level of the arcade game Trojan, huh. despite Trojan not having been ported to the Amstrad. There you go. Very naughty. That is curious. Yeah, <laughs> just weird. Uh, I remember that I didn't play uh, these versions, but I remember reviews. Uh, again, um, I think they were they were considered decent without being spectacular ports uh, for the 8-bit versions. Like They, they could have been better... But they weren't terrible, but the main issues were exactly as we've already alluded to, that this game was a was a, you know, arguably worthwhile coin muncher for, for a not for, for a period of novelty related fun at the arcades, but didn't perhaps work as well at home. Uh Dan, you played the Specky version. Um yeah, I think it was it was moderately well received, but I think people I think even for the I think it was the usual um Eight, nine, ten pound split. So Spectrum eight pounds, Amstrad nine pounds, C sixty four ten pounds, something like that. Um, even for eight pounds, obviously most, many, many people pirated their Specky games, but the the magazines would review them with a the view that people were going to have to pay for them. So I think people were saying, you know, you, you would never put eight pounds or ten pounds worth of ten p's in this, so don't buy the home version. Did you have an an original copy, or did you have a pirate, or what? I did. I had an original copy. I'd um I'd been nice. to Southend on Sea, um, which was known for its arcades at the time, and um, they had a Software Plus near the train station. So on the way home, uh, it was down to like five ninety nine. I think most things in Software Plus were usually a couple of pounds off of the um, recommended retail price. Excellent. Um, so yeah, I've been playing it in the arcades, and then yeah. I obviously knew it from the arcades anyway. But it was the first time I think I'd seen it in a shop. And for five ninety nine, it was sort of close to pocket money price. So yeah, took that home and uh, and played the night away. And I suppose with the Spectrum version in particular, you'd have been missing the uh, and the Amstrad actually. You'd have been missing the the kind of the the, the depth and weight of the audio. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit sort of bleepy, bloopy. But yeah, that's what that's what the technology was. I suppose. I mean, I can't really see how it could have been much better than it was. It was. Um, yeah. By that point, I think people were very good at coding those 8-bit machines and uh, they could, especially with the, the Spectrum being like so limited graphically in our minds, they actually managed to get quite 
uh, decent approximations of sprites for most of the arcade games around this time, I think. Yeah, well, it was certainly, I mean, there were some, yeah, we've, we've talked before, I think there were some astonishing ports for the Spectrum, things like Enduro Racer and Chase HQ, which just shouldn't have been possible, but they did amazing, they did some amazing stuff. But um, I guess with a game like Rampage, uh, its simplicity in terms of it just being static 2D screens also played in its favour. So really the, 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 the most effort they had to make in terms of technology and coding was getting the larger uh, the larger characters moving around. Do you remember if it was particularly uh, blighted with attribute clash? Did they manage to get around that somehow? Was it um, very colourful for a specky would, game? The, uh, the main sprites were, I think, sort of, you know, not see-through. Like That's not the yeah. right way to put it. But um, if So their arm, if it punched through a building, it would become the colour of the building. So, yeah, it did have the usual spectrum colour clash. Excellent. Good. <laughs> glad, glad to hear it. It's nostalgic in itself. Uh, <laughs> Amazingly, the uh, the Atari 2600 console got a version of this, which, uh, as you can imagine, <clears throat> is incredibly basic. On the 7800 version of the console, there's a, a, a closer approximation of the original coin-op. The version I had was the Atari 800 home computer version, also by Activision. I'm not sure who actually handled the, the coding. Uh, it was not great. It was... It was okay. Again, I had, a, I had an original copy. I bought it for myself. I don't remember how much. Probably, yeah, similar to what you paid, Dan. Um, it was. It could have been better. The the buildings looked okay, but the uh, character sprites were just expanded single color sprites. Which the the Atari eight hundred was a capable machine, and this was quite a lazy. Uh, conversion this was a case where they could have done something much closer to the coin op but actually they kind of dashed out what was which was a uh yeah uh it was it was playable ish but it yeah it was disappointing after having played the coin op i would still return to the arcades and play that that version over my atari version um later ports also for the amiga and st which as you can imagine were slightly more uh, graphically faithful to the coin op, but I still don't. I don't think they captured the exact sort of vibe, atmosphere, or, or whatever. But uh, I think they were they were passable. But I didn't play. None of us have played uh, either of those versions. I think those UK home ports might well be three player, or at least they've at least got all three um, characters on screen at the same time. I can't remember if ah. one was AI controlled. I don't think I ever had three people there oh. to try and play it at the time. But um, that's Flashback. quite a feat in itself. Where um, yeah. I mean, to be able to have three sprites of that size on any of those machines is quite a a feat, really. Yeah, I have a feeling you might be right about having a a third AI-controlled player or possibly two with joysticks and one with keyboard or something like that. Yeah, I think on those versions, yeah, you could have three players or even if you didn't, yeah, AI would step in maybe and control the others. That's Again, that's only a half memory from from way back, really. I think there were two Commodore 64 versions as well, um, as as with some other Ah, games we talked about in the past, where there's the US version and the European version. Mm, yes, Afterburner was one of those. Ikari Warriors was another. Yeah, it was uh, Aliens, of course, was another. Double Not Dragon. Cotton, Double Dragon, yeah. Street Fighter. Weird. Yeah. Uh, Steve Norman from the forum says, Rampage was a favourite for me and my two brothers. Crowded around a 14-inch portable TV, first on the Spectrum, then the Atari ST, mostly treating it as a very basic three-player fighting game. <laughs> Once <laughs> we'd argued about who had to be Lizzie because she was a girl. Uh, Boys in the 80s, 
what can we say? The Spectrum version was really impressive with huge detailed monster sprites and maybe a bit too much colour, <laughs> whilst the ST was much closer to the arcade original, but both were great fun to play together. The original was included on the LEGO Dimensions Midway arcade, back, uh, arcade pack, and this was the first time I'd ever played the arcade version, which feels good on a PlayStation 4 controller, and I think its simple premise, cartoony style, and part competitive, part cooperative gameplay make it just as much fun today. All that said, it was never that much fun for long as a single-player experience, unless you're talking about the fantastic Atari 2600 variant, which I regularly play on my Atari Flashback Portable, as basic a version as could exist, though the city backdrop, with the helicopters buzzing around in the distance, are still intact. Ah, so, some words of praise for the very simple Atari 2600 variant. Uh, Activision also brought the game to the IBM personal computer. <laughs> computer Gaming World approved of the MS-DOS adaptation of Rampage, especially for those with computers faster than the original IBM PC and who owned an EGA video card. Computer Gaming World stated that Rampage is proof that IBM games can compete with other machines in running entertainment software. Nice. I... I probably played uh, a version of this on a on a green on a green and black monitor <laughs> okay dim and distant memories so yeah we finally got to take the arcade version home in well in 1999 in america in the eu we had to wait to 2001 for the arcade party pack which was a uh, the traditional um, backbone entertainment or digital eclipse as they were known then a collection of games including had a, it was an odd selection. This it was uh, it was a mixture of Bally and Atari stuff, wasn't it? Um, I guess they hadn't worked out how to put anywhere else at this point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, had a slightly buggy version of Smash TV, as I recall. Um, yeah, but it was nice for me to be able to play. Yeah, what was a pretty much pixel for pixel. I guess it. I guess the emulation was fairly, you know, sort of bog standard. I don't suppose it was. Uh, M2 levels of detail and, and whatever. Dan, do you have any memories of the, playing this one? Um, more of playing the whole pack, really. I think it's just, like yeah. you say, being able to play that sort of tranche of games from that period yeah. all at home was um, was just a real refreshing, yes. interesting thing, especially uh, I think I'd played MAME by that point. But yeah. again, sitting there with a controller in front of your TV Big is telly. a very yeah. different feeling to behind a computer with a keyboard and mouse. Yeah, again, for context, folks should remember that this is before the Xbox came out, so you couldn't have, you know, these homebrew modded Xboxes with all the with all the arcade machines. I think some people had started dabbling with doing that kind of thing for Dreamcast, but obviously you still needed discs, you didn't have a hard drive. So just to be able to go and buy this 20 quid, I think, compilation uh, with these fairly well emulated coin ops from our, you know, which at this point were still not massively dim and distant memories. These were games from like 10, 15 years before uh yeah in the case of smash tv i just remember thinking you know it's only taken me nine years and i've, <laughs> I've got a or oh, 10 years and i've got a, an arcade near arcade perfect home version of smash tv which up until the mid 90s we were playing on the super nintendo which was not arcade perfect um and it was a pretty good it, version though it was a good version don't get yeah, me wrong better than but feel, it, oh, have some pity for me on the mega drive where you haven't even got the four directional buttons for shooting <laughs> oh gosh Oh, yeah, and the Amiga version as well. Mm. Yeah. Uh, 
but this was when after we obviously we had Namco Museum and the Williams Arcade uh, Classics compilations. Uh, so this this was the era when this sort of stuff started. And then next gens, we got PS2, Xbox, GameCube, PC, and PSP Midway Arcade Treasures versions between 2003 and 2006. I bought all of these every volume. Uh, multiple times across multiple formats, of course, <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, and there we have it. Um, played it again. Not really much different to playing the PS One version, but probably loaded quicker. <laughs> yeah, yeah I recall uh, it being slightly crisper, maybe, but that might just be because I had a better lead for my <laughs> yeah, exactly. PS2. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Initially, the PS Two, then later the Xbox version of uh, Midway Arcade Treasures One is uh, what I have revisited the the game for a very quick bash over the years. On um, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Spacefarer from the forum, a new contributor, I believe. Welcome. I also played Rampage in my childhood. Funny that. It wasn't in the arcades, though, but on my PS2 as part of the Midway Arcade Treasures collection. Not really much to say on it, other than it's decent fun. I imagine it shines when playing with friends, but even if you're just playing alone, it's nice just to wantonly batter down buildings and accidentally eat toasters while you're at it. What annoyed me most was only being able to play as George. Correct me if I'm wrong when I really wanted to play as Lizzie. After all, who doesn't want to pretend they're in a Harryhausen movie? The game does get old quickly, though, as I find with most arcade games. Still worth a play if you can get some mates around. Yeah, it is possible that if they didn't give you the option to uh, define which controller port you were using, there may have been a workaround. I think, I mean, I'm I'm sure if you'd put a controller in port two, maybe you needed a multi-tap to play three-player? and beyond on this ps2 version for example on the xbox i'm sure you could have just put a controller in port two yeah, and, three and, and, and press, press start on the on the corresponding controller yeah yeah, yeah. uh so now we're we're still we're not talking about the sequels here but we're talking about another emulated version which came on the Rampage Total Destruction disc, 2006 and 2007. This was a sequel, which we'll talk about shortly. Wii, GameCube and PS2. Uh, I don't know if you had to unlock it or whether it was there on the menu. Can you remember, Mikio? I know you've um, I think you had to unlock it, yeah. It's it's very, very misty, that, uh, that memory okay. of that, that game. Yeah. But there it is. Uh, 360, PS3 and Xbox One. On the Midway Arcade Origins collection, which is a sort of uh, somewhat, it's sort of a compilation of the previous compilations on the previous gen. You can get it on Xbox 360. It works on Xbox One backwards compatible. I think it's about £15 now, RP. Still worth it, I would say. Um, The emulation isn't world class, but it's all adequate. And you get a huge collection of um, not just Midway games, but because they hoovered up the licenses, it's all Williams and Atari and Midway stuff. and uh, yes, it would it would still be recommended to any um, sort of fan of vintage arcade games. I would say, sadly, uh, Game Room, the Xbox three hundred and sixty project from the whenever that was, late two thousands, um, kind of died, which was a shame. Um, yeah, uh, and then as we've already had mentioned, Lego Dimensions. There was a Midway pack which featured a number of these games. Again, these uh, classic coin-ops from Williams, Atari and yeah, Matt, Midway, Bally Midway, Williams and Atari. Lego Dimensions 2015, um, not something I got involved with because it seemed like a massive money sink. <laughs> now, this was one that Dan 
diligently spotted before we started before we started recording. So this is a, a, another curio. This is, um, I guess, yeah, playing into the sort of the nostalgia market. Tell us about the Walmart exclusive mini arcade cabinet. Okay, so there's a company called Basic Fun, and they uh, they make these <laughs> tiny little arcade. <laughs> yeah, that kind of. I don't know if it's a double clever name or like quite a dumb name. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they make these tiny little arcade cabinets, and um, I don't know if all of them are Walmart exclusive, but at least Joust mm. and Rampage were Walmart exclusive when released in 2017. Um, yeah. Now the odd thing about it is they call it an arcade game, and in the write-up it yeah. says uh, featuring classic arcade sounds and classic arcade graphics. Uh-huh. But the look of the game seems like it's the NES version. Yeah, but I think... it's got Ralph included so i don't know if they've gone and hacked the original nes version to make this new nes port of rampage is that's certainly what it looks like it's the most bizarre thing yeah nes nostalgia is maybe more mainstream than uh than uh, arcade nostalgia maybe yeah. so that's why they went to for that to look. run on a system on a chip in a tiny yeah. little arcade cabinet too probably anyway yeah. It uh, it's it's a yeah it's um it's they've kept the 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 arcade machine actually has uh, sort of it's it's a bit chibi looking but it but it it does have the sort of the art from the original coinock after a fashion um it has the three buttons laid out left to right um yeah I mean it's twenty dollars what are you gonna do <laughs> <laughs> uh, mm. now of course. With the 80s being what they were, and the video games industry being what it is, a lot of uh, clones. I say a lot, only a few really. Um, there weren't there weren't tons of them, but there were a few notable clones that hit the market uh, around the same time as the official Activision ports. Now, famously, Activision was uh, litigious as regards to this stuff, so there was a whole problem with R-Type and a game called Catechist, which became Denaris, and then they actually got the programmers, as part of the settlement, they got the programmers who programmed the rip-off game to program their official ports of R-Type. None, <laughs> nothing like that happened with Ramparts, uh, which was uh, US Gold's attempt at doing a Rampage game. came out on the Go, short-lived Go label, uh, developed by Future Concepts, uh, Amstrad, C64, and Spectrum. It's it features uh, sort of castle battlements, I suppose, rather than tower blocks. So you climb up those and smash them down. The gameplay is uh, much the same. Received fairly middling reviews. Not to be confused with the aforementioned Rampart, which, as Dan mentioned, was uh, originally it was a that was an Atari coin-up, wasn't it? Um, with which is a very cool and mm. I would say genuinely unique game, yeah. which uh, mixes up missile command style but ship combat and tetris style puzzling uh, and, it's and almost yeah. also manages to come across as almost proto uh, rts yes yeah. it does yeah yeah, yeah. command and conquer Brilliant, brilliant yeah. game it is and i think that's also on that compilation the 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 one that's on uh midway arcade origins that's on 360 yeah. ps3 so um it doesn't control the best because originally of course it was a track ball a controlled game but uh but it, it, it's functional um so yes nothing to do with rampage but you know we're a resource we're an education <laughs> <laughs> the next one is a funny one uh i don't know if uh, you remember this from the magazines at the time dan yeah um, yeah i remember the, seeing the yeah the magazine. i don't I, i've got a memory of there being a demo on the front of like crash or something but i can't find any record of it so maybe that's just me making it up i think there was another chew game at the time as well that was more like pac-man like 
So maybe uh, I'm thinking of that. Yeah, maybe so. But yeah, this was clearly a game that was already in development as a Rampage clone. Um, I don't know what it was going to be called, but it stars a Godzilla-type creature. Uh, this was Gremlin Graphics 1988. This was developed by Beam Software, who were the, the Australian-based team behind Way of the Exploding Fist, and later the Xbox uh, Arcade that I mentioned shortly. Uh, recently, sorry. Um, but there was a, a popular advertising campaign at the time for the uh, Pocket Money Chewy Sweets Chewits, which featured a stop-frame animated giant lizard. And the idea was that to stop this Godzilla-like but cute monster munching on St. Paul's Cathedral and Barrow Inferness bus depot, they would feed it giant sweets. Uh, so what happened was they quickly snapped up the license or you know, they, they had a conversation, Gremlin Graphics and the Chewitz people. And so they slapped the muncher on the box, even though the in-game character looks absolutely nothing like the one in the adverts. But there it is, C64 and Spectrum. There was no Amstrad version for some reason. Um, I think this actually reviewed the best of the three kind of home computer Rampage-style games. It was a gigantic sprite, wasn't it? It was huge, yeah. It, was, it, it towered over some of the tower blocks, whereas even the smallest tower blocks in Rampage were bigger than George, Lizzie and Ralph, I think, yeah. For another strange British reference, um, you know the taking the bit of toast out of the toaster? Oh, yeah. Now, this is only going <laughs> to ring true for like such a tiny proportion of the listeners but uh, on mm. Cracker Jack where they used to have the challenge where you had to pick oh, up yeah. like a what's it with a boxing glove it kind of makes me think of, of that yeah um what was the what's the thing I'm now thinking of a thing where the toast pops out flies out the toaster and you have to grab it in the air oh is it the more oh, uh, Wario sketch? oh maybe oh, yeah and, it was a WarioWare game as well isn't it and and the, and the Wario and the Wario yeah there we go. We have been down so many side avenues in this show. Uh, here's another one, kind of. This is uh, SNK's King of the Monsters, which was possibly not... It, it's hard to say whether Rampage had any influence on it. It makes sense that a Japanese corporation would have made a sort of kaiju-based game for Neo Geo. It also got ported to Mega Drive and Super Nintendo. Uh, never really... This one's... A hamster have brought this out, as you'd expect, on current formats but it's never really appealed to me i don't think it ever reviewed spectacularly well it's a uh, wrestling game uh with people in rubber suits uh, that's why i don't play it i hate yeah, wrestling it's yeah. a grappling it's a grappling game with uh, with uh, people in rubber su- suits disguised as uh, an actual kaiju game uh, <laughs> right that's, yeah i think i think some somewhere i'd, I'd pick that that wrestling thing up yeah you actually yeah. have to pin the other monster down also to win right yeah i'm, I'm yeah. button mashing and joystick wiggling yeah, it's probably some cool pixels though. Knowing yeah. SNK, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, I, I, I'm, I have a certain fondness of it. It's, okay. it's also it's also a fairly shallow game, but yeah, yeah. Cer- certain fondness. Sure, yeah. sure. Then the only other one which I thought may have had some rampage influence is Primal Rage. Now I think we may have mentioned this in our Mortal Kombat show as well. This came from Atari in the sort of wake of uh, digitized looking fighting games obviously street fighter was massive then mortal kombat came out this has what look like digitized stop frame animation monsters and little tiny people who you can eat 
and this is ones where you have like acid e vomit and you can pee and puke yeah on on people and stuff like that <laughs> again don't know if directly if rampage would be a direct influence but i think it certainly appealed i was never a massive fan of this but the being a massive monster and being able to eat little people was certainly an appealing element of it this has also yeah. appeared on some of these compilations i believe mm yeah, I, I always found Primal Rage more uh, playable than the Mortal Kombat games, actually. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> now, none of us have uh, played most of these games. We have uh, some experience with some of them, but uh, these are the sequels, the official sequels. Now, Rampage World Tour I have played in brief. This was actually by the original Rampage team by Brian Collin and Jeff Nauman. Came out uh, for originally for PlayStation and Saturn. PlayStation was first, 1997. Also came to N64 and Game Boy Color. This was, I suppose, I would say uh, it was a fairly kind of what you would expect mid to late 90s update of the original game. But you went around the world instead of just around America. Um, I remember it being okay, but I just... I think the thing, one of the things that put me off was the change in art style I thought was horrendous. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've got my little helpers now for the show. I told them, guys, I'm doing, uh, I told my two kids yesterday uh, evening, yeah. guys, I'm doing a podcast on, uh, on Rampage. <laughs> What's Rampage? So I'm going to show yeah. you. You're, gonna, you're going to, the two of you are going to play it uh, with me together. So that's my son and my daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we played through the original Rampage for a while till we got bored of it. And yeah, they were vaguely amused and found it quite funny. Then we yeah. started playing Rampage World Tour, and that turned into way more fun than I had yeah. uh, anticipated. Um, point one, it's not nearly as much uh, of a uh, cynical uh, quarter muncher as the original. Uh, is. Right. You can actually <laughs> play for quite a long while uh, on a coin. There's, uh, there's uh, in between phases, the, the, the screen scrolls wider, so you move uh, from... in. Each city, you actually can move towards other areas. Right. And there's always big pointers saying food, food. They're pointing you towards the where, where you can get the food, which is usually like the, the McGreasies, the, the fast food uh, chain okay. where you can stock up on a lot of uh, stuff. Um, I take your point about the graphics being ugly, but I find them endearingly ugly. They really okay. have this sort of this this uh, nasty claymation look yeah. to, uh, to them which uh, also reminds me a little bit of Trog uh, another uh, right. midway yeah. game uh, yes. that, uh, from the early <laughs> 90s uh, it, it, it's another one of those weird uh, typifying uh, um, midway style uh, graphical styles you know that uh, yeah true enough the, that they stuck to with it for a couple of games um, yeah. and yeah it there's just so much going on in this game. There's so hmm. many uh, funny animations uh, in it. It's uh, and, and yeah, it it gets a little bit. You know, it reminds me of Total Carnage in the way just just how zany things get and how much of uh, of uh, how a lot of it is kind of nasty humor as well. You know, the, this time your uh, your monster can also. Uh, eat uh, bog rolls and then he's uh, he, he or she will actually start vomiting on the on the on the ground. Uh, there's a lot For of our stuff. US uh, listeners, bog rolls <laughs> are toilet paper. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and um, 
there's there's a lot of stuff in there. There's a lot of really funny animations. You can actually do a do a running running flying kick and kick uh, aircrafts out of the air. Um, yeah. You can really if, if, there's a kick button. So when you uh, jump or climb into a building, you can hold on to the building and start smashing into it with your feet. Um, you can uh, jump on top of these really annoying sort of space shuttle crafts that fire laser beams at you and then start mm-hmm. riding them and shoot at other craft with them. You can eat toxic waste and turn into a purple gremlin thing and start flying around across the screen. There's, there's, it seemed like every map we came on, every stage we came off, we discovered new things that could happen. And right. there's, uh, there's low buildings that you can smash the ceiling off and then use the uh, electrical wires as sort of a trampoline to roll up in a ball and b- bounce around the screen. It's, uh, mm. Yeah, it, just, it has a lot of personality. I, I would say it's not a, a universally ple- aesthetically pleasing personality, but it is yeah. a personality. And to me, kind of, yeah, like I said before, kind of endearing. So we we just kept on playing this uh, this game for uh, for a long time and just having a lot of fun between the three of us. Well, that's cool. Uh, PlayStation Pro Magazine at the time gave it a four. Um, it didn't review tremendously well. Uh, averaged uh, just under sixty yeah, percent on. This was PS1 the arc- and arcade version on uh, on uh, Midway Arcade Treasures. Uh, okay, uh, two. Uh, I should should say. I, I think the PS One version. That's where I played it. But I think the PS One version is almost identical to the original arcade version. It's, it's probably a lot lower in resolution. Maybe lower and resolution, gr- grainier. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, the PS1 version also came to PSN at some point to download for PS3. I don't know if it, if A, it's still available, or B, whether it was in all territories. I am very much doubt it came out in Japan, although maybe they're into Rampage World Tour. But uh, it was re-reviewed in 2007 by three outlets and still averaged just under 60%. So, um, but yeah, it sounds like you might get you might get something out of it. I think with those mm. earlier oh. reviews, it's worth bearing in mind that at the time, um, any arcade... Uh, to home port was getting reviewed around that middling mark just because of the growing difference between home games and that arcade experience. It was kind of a bit of a backlash. That's a good point. Yeah, I remember. Uh, I always think of when uh, when they released Gradius three and four as a launch title for PS two, and it got such short shrift in magazines. <laughs> I mean, you know, they, those games maybe have their issues in the context, but it seemed yeah unduly harsh. Yeah, um, but. Well, Tor obviously did well uh, financially for them because they followed it up fairly quickly with a sequel, 1999's Rampage 2 Universal Tor. Um, this time uh, it was a different developer, Avalanche Software. Digital Eclipse handled the Game Boy Color version. Um, this reviewed worse on the PS1, 44-odd percent. Uh, better on the N64, so maybe that was the lead version. Um, again, that's sort of just below 60% mark, so hardly spectacular. Um, I assume we can assume more of the same without having uh, without having played it. So The N64 could also probably do the three players um, on the one system, whereas for PlayStation you'd need the multi-tap, so that might have been a review... True, true, yes, yes. And, uh, yeah, I think um, we're at the point now where, as well as, uh, I don't know if Larry the Rat ever made a comeback, but I'm sure beyond George, Lizzie and Ralph there, were we were getting various uh, yeah, various new especially monsters added. Especially Total Destruction is a chock full of uh, ugly monsters. Uh, yeah. With, and, and a four-player four player mode it has as well. Yeah. 
Now, uh, before we get to Total Destruction, there's a couple more. Rampage through time, because they'd been around the universe and the world, so where else was to go but through time? More, uh, more was... buildings and more things needed to be smashed up. Yeah, in the past and in the future. Uh, it made sense. Avalanche Software again, this time PlayStation only. I guess the other machines hadn't done so well with that one. Um, 49% review average so things were taking a dip here again you can you know maybe maybe take that into a, a certain amount take it into into mind that yeah maybe it was just here's another rampage sequel but um yeah it, it didn't didn't light any fires however still the franchise continued with a uh, i don't yeah this was later still game boy advance rampage puzzle attack i mean you honestly wouldn't know this had anything to do with Rampage by looking at the box other than the word Rampage on it. I mean, while I say that, it does have... There is a there is a Godzilla-type monster in the background. Um, this was actually a, a reasonably well-received puzzle game, um, getting some eights in Games Master, GameZone and IGN, places like that. Nintendo Power less keen, but Nintendo World Report really liked it. Um, I mean, yeah, just we've got a puzzle game let's let's slap a uh, a recognized ip on it i'm i my my hunch is when they first conceptualized this game it was not a rampage game fair who knows fair who assumption knows? yeah but i think it's a, yeah i think it's a fair assumption so other than the little uh, mini cabinet that dan found on wall because he's always on the walmart website buying guns and stuff um he uh the the only other the, the most recent game was this uh late mid 2000s late sequel to the to, to the 1986 original rampage total destruction uh so the 2006 game was gamecube and ps2 again very similar review scores to the other games in the series um it seems like that's what that's what you're gonna get if you make a game that is like rampage that basically functions 55 to 60 percent the reviews are already written and the scores have already been dealt before the yeah. copy arrives on your desk <laughs> but what's interesting is the wii version came out a little later i think um and it's even got a weird thing where i watched the intro to the wii version and they've dubbed over the word 40 where it did say the word 30 on the mm. number of monsters that are on the loose i don't know if that actually re relates to a gameplay factor whether they increased the number of monsters in the game or something like that. Yeah, I've had the the, the displeasure of uh, reviewing this game. Uh, okay, so in my in my one year stint as a professional reviewer, it uh, averaged less than uh, yeah less than fifty percent for this this time out. I watched some footage and I actually thought it looked okay, but uh, but no. <laughs> it's it's really dreadful, um, right. and it was I think. Maybe one of the worst things is uh, that it was um, exclusively controlled with motion controls. There was no oh. way you could use regular controls. Oh. And just okay. think of the amount of smashing of buildings you do in oh, uh, dear me. a game. Right. In, this, so in, in, a, this in a version, Rampage game. You're, don't you're, play the Wii version. <laughs> exactly and uh not only that also the, the motion controls were just you know they recognized the movement quite late so you always feel like you're waving your <laughs> oh. Wii controller around and then yeah. the monster decides to to throw a punch so it was it was just really dreadful to play 
Okay, so when I'm looking at the footage, I'm thinking it looks okay. I'm not thinking about the motion controls. So if so, if one was to play the PS2 or GameCube version that reviewed slightly better, you're probably going to get yeah. but I, I, a slightly less hor- horrendous experience. It has polygonal graphics, and it just yes. seems a little bit slower and mired and stodgier than uh, the, the okay. 2D uh, modern Rampage games. I can't see anyone listening to this rushing out to, to buy it. Uh, I wouldn't recommend yeah. it. No, no, no. Nick Turner, 13, from the forum, says, I originally played Rampage in the arcades. My earliest memory was at some kind of funhouse-type situation. No idea where it was, though. I think possibly in a bigger city like Manchester or Liverpool. It was definitely not anywhere in my home area of rural Shropshire. I distinctly remember wanting to spend my entire day playing this instead of running round a place that had ball pits and rope swings and all that kind of thing you're meant to find fun as a kid. I just wanted to smash up the buildings and the cars and eat the people and the windows. It was all such good fun and presented things that I'd never seen in a game before. Finding games that do something genuinely new has always been a passion of mine. And I guess, looking back, that this is kind of that this is the kind of early experience that probably helped to drive that feeling even now. I eventually got it on my Atari ST, although memories are somewhat hazy of that. I know I had it because I was a bit disappointed in the differences between that and the arcade version in terms of graphics. I'm quite looking forward to seeing the movie. It looks like a big, dumb action film. But sometimes those kind of films are great for a bit of mindless escapism for a couple of hours. So, as I say... I haven't seen the movie. I've seen some of the many video game movies over the years. The Tomb Raider one is out in cinemas right now and has received mixed reviews. Not a not appalling, not stellar overall. Um, obviously, that doesn't necessarily bear any reflection. I think I don't know if this one, this Rampage movie, is made by the same people as who did the recent Jumanji movie, which was actually meant to be pretty funny. Also starred The Rock, or I think maybe it's the people who made that uh, San Andreas Fault one with. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I mean, it's going to come down to the script, I guess. Um, you guys, any sort of desire to see the Rampage movie? Are you the kind? Of, do you enjoy these kind of, you know, <sighs> pure silly popcorn fodder films if they're done well? I wouldn't go to a movie theater to see it, but if uh, if I see it come come by on Netflix or anything, I'll, I might just uh, and I have some time to spare. I might just watch it. Yeah. Yeah, no, just out of out of a, a, a slight morbid curiosity. Mm-hmm. Dan, uh, now I'm not like some total adherent to Rampage law, but I think the change that yeah. they've made. Uh, in fact, the change that the director said he'd refuse to work on the film if they didn't make. Yeah, um, I think is. I think it's going to make for, in my mind, a worse movie. I'd much rather see the um, the monsters originally be humans. I think you're going to miss a huge uh, human yeah. element of the story by that not being. Yeah. Part of things, I think that's a huge uh, sort of emotional drag that they could have played on. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that's that was what, what I thought. Obviously, they've made George uh, a, a, a sort of silver white gorilla, which I can understand because obviously we've had a King Kong in the last thirteen years, and King Kong, you know, probably in, I, I don't know which studio, whether it's the same studio, whether there'll be an copyright infringement or an IP confusion. So I, I can I can get with that. But then Lizzie is now this sort of massive alligator. Um, and again, I suppose there's an issue that they can't just have a Godzilla type monster because there's other Godzilla properties, um, which leaves you with the other monster. I mean, yeah. And I guess if this one does well, they'll probably start mining Larry the Rat and all these others. Yeah, but... Rampage 2, Larry the Rat strikes back. Oh, yeah, exactly. Oh. Um, but I genuinely thought that, like, I know video game movies are kind of always predestined to be 
disappointing pretty much universally without fail um i know some of them have their fans some of them have cult followings whether it's silent hill or street fighter but i don't think i've seen a video game movie that i thought was anything less than anything better than bobbins uh entertaining bobbins in the case of mortal Kombat, maybe um but i don't anticipate uh this one bucking that trend i like the idea like you dan that if they'd had humans that kept transforming there was that recent slightly odd quirky movie with anne hathaway where she uh, has a sort of um a kaiju entity that is also her a sort of depression rage monster um which it was a film that didn't review spectacularly well but it had an interesting premise that she was basically going around smashing cities as this depression rage monster but also as this anne hathaway character Something where these people actually transformed into rage monsters. Again, maybe they'd be trending on Marvel, Hulk IP by doing that. I don't know. But um, yeah, we shall see. It's tough, uh, tough with the nature of, uh, of this, uh, you know, video game uh, uh, to movie adaptations is that a lot of video games uh, reference a lot of movies and popular culture to begin yes. with, especially those from the 80s and the 90s. Yeah, so and also the, it's a really simplistic 32-year-old coin-op where yeah. all that happens is you smash buildings in each other. So yeah. you know the story has to come beyond from beyond. I mean, well, actually, one of the things I noticed going back to the Total Destruction game that you reviewed, the intro CGI looked really, um, you know, although it wasn't you know entertainingly written particularly or anything like that, it looked like really quite high-quality CG, like it was by one of the big studios or something. Yeah. Looked uh, looked quite all right, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it was actually with you know the people who the uh, illuminations or someone like that, but it looked it looked expensive, um, and and I guess the CG based on the trailers in this rampage live action movie looks expensive. I mean, it's so hard to actually do anything with dinosaurs or monsters or giant things now that actually surprises or takes your breath away because we've been so sort of spoiled with CG in the last you know 10 20 years now um i'm not sure what they can do they they have to make a fun funny or heartwarming movie don't they this it comes down to the script in the end doesn't it yeah anyway we shall see uh if if you do go and see it uh, listeners do come onto the forum and let us know i'd be interested i don't think anyone's posted about the tomb raider movie <laughs> at this point so uh anyway uh, right, we have uh, bite-sized three-word reviews. Follow us on Twitter at Kane and Rince. Look out for the shout. Jared Newman says, awesome, then boring. Simon Nelson says, mediocre multiplayer memories. Angry Zeus Gaming. Climb, smash, repeat. Steve Garrett says, monsters fisting buildings. Craigity Craig says, Godzilla vs. Kong. Andrew Brown says, Peoria or bust. And the King Rocker, referencing uh, the nudie sections, gives us <laughs> shimmy of shame. Nice one. Nice. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, uh, for racking your memory banks. It seems like more people, uh, based on the feedback on the forum, it, it seems like maybe it's partly the, the age demographic, um, but uh, more people remember the Master System version than, than the, the, the arcade original or, or any other version. But hopefully we've had a little whistle-stop whistle tour of the various versions and conversions and sequels. Uh, let's summarise our Rampage feelings, mainly focusing on the coin-op, but if there's anything else you want to say about the franchise as a whole, why not go for it? Let's start with Mikhail. Yeah, as a 
proponents uh, of arcade gaming, um, I feel like the original Rampage uh, kind of represents, uh, this sounds very, very negative, represents the worst of it, uh, mm-hmm. and gives, is, can, can contribute to uh, giving arcade gaming as a whole a bad name. Um, but if there's one thing I can never take away from it, it's just that the premise is so incredibly cool. Uh, and that initial play uh, before you tire of it is undoubtedly fun and um, engaging. For uh, Even if it's for just a, a short, short burst or a very short while. Um, I also was surprised, very surprised to find uh, find out that um, World Tour was much better and much more fun than I ever gave it credit for. Um, because they actually went through a lot of lengths to uh, make up for some of the shortcomings of the original. Um, and I always thought it was just kind of a... The same game uh, in the, with a with a reaper, uh, brought brought it, uh, forward again with a with a new look, but it's uh, it's quite a lot more than it. And uh, mm. my my yeah, I was enjoying so much uh, to play with my kids, and they were just saying like, "Oh, can we do this again?" <laughs> yeah, and I, I wasn't I wasn't uh, against it or anything. So yeah, I've, it made me feel warmer to the franchise towards the franchise as a whole, actually. Hmm. That's cool. Yeah, I have a lot of residual affection for Rampage. I'm not going to come on here and say that it's one of those games that I still want to play all the time and get better at and improve at and understand all the mechanics. But it is a game that every time I get a version of it on a compilation or or download it for MAME or whatever, I enjoy that first sort of five, ten minutes as much as I ever have, really. It's still still got that. And... uh, and it is a bit unlike anything else. It's got, um, or it was anyway, until they still they cloned it. Uh, there is still fun to be had just being a cartoon giant monster and eating people and smashing up tanks and stuff. It is just so innately appealing. And I think that is ultimately what's kept it uh, at least somewhat in existence for, for over 30 years with a with a, a fairly high pro, profile um, movie coming out as well. Now, um, I've mentioned earlier that I remember seeing the coin op being taken away. I can't remember what year it would have been. I reckon 88, 89. I reckon the cabinet that I'd mostly played on the pier lasted two or three years, which, yeah, which, which is fine. And like as much as I am also a proponent of gamey games with you know lots of um yeah lots of skill and nuance and and replay value and stuff like that i don't think every game has to be that and i think it's okay to have an arcade game that is just you stick a few tempies in and you run out of life eventually and if you've had a good time it doesn't really matter um i don't think i don't even think the designers of rampage necessarily expected people to just keep throwing money into it and eventually clearing all 768 <laughs> screens or whatever i think you're just meant to i think it's just designed to be a like this is fun and uh and kind of yeah a bit throwaway in in a mm-hmm. sense but yeah that co- that cabinet um that i'd played on quite a few times on and off over the years and i did still play it from time to time because i remember the feeling seeing it being wheeled outside on a, on a set of trolley wheels, uh, seeing it being taken away. Uh, many years later, I saw the same thing happening to Daytona USA, and it evoked similar feelings of sadness. 
uh, because I knew that that was the end of that probably. I was never going to get to play other than in certain very specific scenarios. I was probably never going to play the original cabinet coin-op version of Rampage ever again. It had, because it was the 80s, it had a glass ashtray glued to the fascia uh, so you could uh, tap your cigarette while you were playing. Um, it was not... Uh, coin-ops originally people may remember a lot of them used to have actual ashtrays built into the surround so you could uh you could you know just tap into it but this actually what they've done is because this original cabinet didn't have those little sort of uh lip ashtrays they just glued super glued a glass a normal pub glass ashtray onto the cabinet and i still remember that and the fag burns that surrounded it um and yeah and the sadness of seeing that cabinet that i'd played with my friend being wheeled away um playing it today on emulation compilation as i say it does evoke similar feelings but obviously it never will be the same as the impact uh as it had in in 1986 with that you know large monitor high-res screen and and the amplified mono sound but um I still, whenever I see a screenshot or uh, or some artwork from the original coin-op, I still get a little warm tingle from it, whereas from any of the sequels, I have nothing. <laughs> just just nothing. So, so there it is. You can still play it. There are ways. It's fun. Briefly. Let's conclude with Dan. Um, where I think we're quite lucky today is that we can pick up these uh, compilations of... Um, as I said earlier, like a slice of an era. And I think at that time there was, um, I suppose it would be considered sort of Reagan era USA. There was a sort of an, an 80s corporate eccentricity, which I think you see in uh, stuff like Mad Magazine, uh, Garbage Pal Kid stickers, Stinky stickers, mm. uh, ridiculous cereals full of marshmallows, that kind of thing. I think It seems very quaint now, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but at the time it was kind of, I think almost in the UK, we almost looked up to that as this um, sort of, utopia of commercialism or something <laughs> as a kid i um yeah. i just sort of really bought into all of that stuff i loved mad magazine and all of that and i think this alongside it, games uh, i know atari and midway have kind of got a, a weird symbiotic relationship so stuff like apb um as we said mm. xenophobe tubin exterminator paperboy all of that kind of stuff i think mm. um in terms of looking at 80s americana um to be able to go and play this in the context of all the others just gives a real slice of life and um, where the West Coast of the USA's development at that time of arcade machines was. And, uh, yeah, I just think it's an interesting snapshot of uh, of a group of... It's back when it was the hippie programmers, really, isn't it? You know, that sort of 70s hang-up where they've all got these, um, yeah, just odd ideas. So, um, yeah, it's a, to, to me, it's a real timepiece that takes me back to, to that time. Do you think there's a way, just to conclude, do you think there's a way of, I'm not talking about a film license tie-in game, which obviously isn't happening because that's not the way the industry works anymore, but do you think there's a way of bringing a Rampage game to contemporary machines that would work, as in would actually be a worthwhile home game to play i'm i'm thinking like i'm now thinking about i guess it's 10 years old or more to hulk ultimate destruction um you know a game in which you played a larger uh character leaping around and smashing up places and you know that that reviewed well and sold well i think so is is there you know could you could you imagine a modern rampage game being a hit or appealing to you either of you i could imagine a a 2D indie, uh, like a seeing as it, the game does go on forever, like a procedurally generated 
ah. kind of game where um where what you get in the windows is kind of your roguelike pickups and Aha. <laughs> it's, it's, almost, it's almost got a lot um a bit of that anyway where the first time you play it obviously you don't know what all of the different thing people mm. in the windows and items are going to do um i was thinking about that last night that would i like to see that and um yeah i think i would hmm this, yeah. this could be one for uh, our, our friend Ryan's uh, Playwright podcast, the rogue, Roguelike Rampage. Make it happen, guys. All right. Well, it remains for me, Leon, to thank Mikhail and Dan, as well as our correspondents, editor Sean, and to all of you for listening. Dan, have you got anything peculiar or unusual you'd like to plug, or less peculiar or un- unusual? Um, not especially. You... If you want to hear uh, oh. a bunch of my weird music and stuff, um, <laughs> you can go to soundcloud.com forward slash temporary McName. <laughs> temporary mcname yeah <laughs> Is that well, what i quite like by? it well I, it was originally a temporary name as it as it sounds no way. But now i quite like it so i'm <laughs> yeah wondering if i should stick with permanent mcname or <laughs> excellent uh well thanks for joining us and uh listeners if you've enjoyed this podcast and appreciate all the work and effort that we put into every show that we put out please do subscribe rate review or best of all patreon.com slash cane and rinse pay a dollar or more if you like. You can get every show a week earlier and that exclusive monthly mini-cast with news from Kane and Rince and beyond. Next time, in issue 313, we plot our last escape from Raccoon City. Well, for now, anyway, in our Resident Evil 3 Nemesis podcast. <laughs>